I wanted to be able to hire people that can manage my success. And I'm not just a number in somebody else's marketing company. And it's in my experience that whoever complains the most gets the most of attention. So I wanted to eliminate that feature and just have marketing with us. Welcome to Subscriptions Scaled, sponsored by Rebar Technology. Join us each week to hear from industry leaders in the subscription space, share their best tips and stories, and learn how you can up-level your subscription business today. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Subscription Scaled. I'm your host, Nick Frederick. With me today is Rob Scott, who is the founder at Legends Boxing. Rob, welcome to the show. Thanks. Glad to be here. Awesome. Well, uh, excited to learn more today, but why don't we start at the beginning here? Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you came to found Legends Boxing. Yeah, so uh, it's been quite a journey. An insurance agency based on uh, covering athletes. Uh, I've had a passion for boxing my whole life and competed a little bit, but just really have always done it. And coincidentally, just got into the fitness world after I'd sold my insurance company and opened a big sports complex. And part of that, it was natural for me to put a boxing program in there. So the irony was I'd never planned on making it a um, large business. It was really just a passion project for me. My brother was doing really well at boxing, winning a couple of state championships and things like that. And I had this fitness center where we had about 15,000 members and one of the members had seen our boxers working out in conditioning and came up and said, Hey, do you think I could do that? And I was like, sure. Why not? You know, go in there. And he's like, well, I don't want to fight. I just want to do that. I'm like, okay, loved it. And the light went off in my head and said, you know what, let's build a program where people that can go work out can do an authentic boxing workout, but they don't have to hit each other. And so legends was kind of born right from that. Nice. Well, then how did the business grow from there? I understand you have a lot of locations now, but led you to continue to grow this thing? Yeah. So it was just after 2008, kind of recovering from everything. I was being in a large fitness business. It had a lot of nuances. So we ended up selling the building and just month over month, the boxing program kept doing well. So I decided, you know what, let's open up a standalone location, Legends Boxing. We, I wish I had a better story for the name, but I just kept Googling what was available. And legendsboxing.com was available. So Legends Boxing is what we became, but I should make up a way better story because that's just not great. <laughs> yeah, you should work um, on that story. <laughs> <laughs> but we just kept growing. My brother, he ran the business. I had been working with a marketing company and doing other, a couple other businesses that had taken most of my time. But man, between he and a, for, a former partner, Cade, I just had to start paying attention to it. So once I decided to really jump into it, I was realizing we had something unique and special that really wasn't like anything else in the industry. Typically, you have you know, fight gyms on one hand, and then you've got gyms where they're like fitness heavy, and you're not really learning boxing, but you're getting a workout by hitting a bag. And what mm -hmm. we did is we took all the stuff you learn at a fight gym, but we teach it to anybody that wants to learn it. So you don't necessarily have to get in the ring. You can spar, but you don't really have to. And 99% and of our membership base don't. But for those that want to, it's available because you are learning authentic boxing. So that just started taking off and uh, we realized we had something special. And so the next thing was scalability. How do we scale this thing? So we went to, we were planning on opening a second location, but instead of that, we went to a struggling boxing gym that was trying to do a fitness model. And we went to him and said, Hey, what if we turn you into a legends boxing? You'll be our second location. We'll put all of our systems and processes in place. Because I wanted to make sure that it wasn't a one-hit wonder that we could actually scale this thing. And he'd been open for about three or four years, wasn't really making any money, very disheartened. 
And in six months, we turned him into a very profitable gym and he never looked back. He's been in business, what, eight years now. And, and from there, we're like, all right, what's the next step? Do we keep opening yeah. up corporate locations? Do we start franchising? And I didn't know much about franchising at the time. So I took about a year to really dig in and learn about the franchising industry, went to the conferences, had a few friends that were doing well in franchising. And it became obvious to me that that was the best way for us to grow at that point. Yeah. Started franchising and then sold. We sold, I believe, about 40 territories in, in about two years. And out of those 40, we've gotten 19 of those open. So gotcha. So you continue to just operate the one corporate location and the rest are franchised? Yeah. And over the years, I've, I've opened more myself. So I have four that okay. are my own. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So you got kind of that little bit of, it's always good to have some corporate locations because it's kind of like drinking your own Kool-Aid to a certain degree. And you see how things operate. And then if you're imposed, not imposing, but offering systems and processes to all of these other locations, you're learning from it as well. Sure. And I, you know, I believe in what we do and it makes sense that I practice what I preach and, and why wouldn't I want to own more, right? So not divide my focus, but definitely know that we can have a little bit of both. Yeah. What do you look for in franchisees? I mean, this is probably not a model for everybody. So what makes a good franchisor, I guess? So for when people buy a franchise in the beginning, you're every franchisor makes this mistake and I highly recommend not doing it, but be very select. I should have been more selective with some of the franchisees that I brought on because you're married right. for the next 15 years ish. And some people just shouldn't be franchisees. They're better off being, they're doing their own thing. You know, the franchisees that have a real strong entrepreneurial nature probably should own their own business and do their own thing. There's a word that Cameron Harold, I don't know if it's a real world, but he was a COO for 1-800-GOT-JUNK and he coined a phrase called intrapreneur. And that's the best franchisee, people that have the desire to own a business, but execute systems well. Entrepreneurs tend to be idea people and visionaries a lot. And so they're always wanting to take an idea and change it. When <laughs> the point of buying a franchise is somebody's right. already figured it out, right? So that's typically looking for an entrepreneur type personality and that those are our best franchisees. We love those people. They do great. Yeah. They that does sound like an ideal profile. So it's interesting that you had an insurance business before you got into doing these boxing centers, because that was also a recurring revenue model. You were doing sales, you were signing people up with policies that kept going as long as you kept servicing. Right. And this is a similar to that. So did that kind of play into why you thought business model made sense? hundred percent. So I learned early. I'm a high school dropout. The uh, moved out when I was 16 and been on my own ever since and really learned early in selling insurance that I wanted something where it would build an annuity for myself that as I oh. built a book, that's why I was really fascinated with your platform is uh, that has been my mindset since I was 16. I was, how do I get into areas where it's renewable income that I'm making money in my sleep? And that I'm not constantly hunting. Of course, there's an element of you have to keep acquiring, but build a baseline threshold and that pays you and sustainable. So every business that I'm involved with or have an interest in either has an implied subscription or an actual subscription or membership. Yep. Got to love the recurring revenue. So then let's go into for your centers. What are the different membership models that you guys offer? Do you transactional like pay as you go with subscription or is it completely, you know, people sign up and pay the monthly due? We do completely membership driven. We have a few options. We have a very unique one that I'm surprised more people aren't doing it, especially in the fitness world. It's called our legacy membership. And 
we looked at retention and retention is always a big thing. And people have spent a lot of energy on acquisition, but retention is a big one for us. So our most popular membership is our legacy. And what it does is you pay a monthly fee and it's over a period of time. But after you've been a member for more than 12 months, every year our membership fee drops in price. So there's a benefit to staying a member. So we have members that have been with us for six years that are paying 50% less than somebody that had just started that month. So it's an incentive to stay, in other words. Very interested to hear a little bit more about that because I've floated this idea before too, because it seems like those customers who are your most loyal customers, right? If you're making them continue to pay, in a lot of cases more, they're putting price point increases on those legacy members that you're not treating them any different than somebody that just walked in the door. So what gave you that idea? And then how has that played out? Do you see it as now incentivizing your members to stay on longer? Yeah. So I think with us, we're heavy on tribe and culture. It's not a buzzword for us. So we want, when we build a gym in the fitness industry, like the old adage, what's the best workout in the world? And the answer is the one that you'll do. Mm -hmm. Our workout is good. Orange theories is good. F40. They're all great. You know, they all do the job. And so mm -hmm. it's consistency and de developing behaviors and patterns. And so we felt if we built a culture and a tribe where people wanted to work out there more than just the workout, they get these ancillary benefits then people would stay longer. So our retention is significantly higher than average boutique fitness. So then we started looking at, we spend a lot of money trying to acquire a client. It's probably $70 per client to just continue to acquire them and, or a lead, sorry, not just a client, to get people in the door to try our product out. We spent almost no money trying to keep our clients. So we said, mm -hmm. well, what can, what are things we can do that will keep our people coming? And you know, one of those was incentive-based. If I take the, what it costs me to acquire somebody and take a fraction of that and reduce my membership rate for the people that have been with me for a long time, not only does it build a raving fan, but they become great marketers for you too. Because we're putting people in, in contracts, it softens the blow of a contract because it's a give and a take, right? I, you're committing to me, I'm committing to you. And if you commit to me, I'm going to incentivize you to want to continue to stay financially. Yeah. Well, in an age where customer acquisition costs, you were just talking about $70 to get somebody to come in the door are just going higher and higher. I mean, growing exponentially, right? Yeah. Uh, keeping, reducing the churn and keeping the ones that you got is more important than ever. So talk a little bit about what are the incentives that you're giving besides the discount to existing vendors? I'm assuming you have some sort of referral incentive as well. And then what channels are you using to find those new members and get them in the door to try it out? Yeah. So I, I learned a long time ago, I don't like being in the discount business. So we have memberships that have a reduction in price. And so rather than okay. using the word discount, I use reduction and then incentives for other things. So referral program, for example, because we have our own product line with shirts and gloves and things, instead of giving like discounts on the actual membership or reducing on that for referrals, we give them a credit in the pro shop for a new pair of boxing gloves or a okay. new t-shirt or a hoodie. So I like doing perception of value rather than discounts because then they feel like, oh, wow, I really want those $150 pair of gloves. Well, great. Send us two people and you've got a $150 credit in the pro shop to use however you want. Gift cards have been good too. We do a okay. gift card initiative. That's new for us. We're finding a lot of success with that as, as far as incentivizing people on referrals and buddy passes and stuff to come in, try the program, and then a gift card to use in the pro shop or use towards their membership. And okay. that seems to hold a lot of value for people too. And then, so when you're trying to get new people to come in, besides just the existing member referrals, like what channels are you using to market? 
A lot of social media. And the reason being is uh, when somebody drives by our building and they see legends boxing, the natural connotation is that's a fight jam. People are punching each other, right? So we have to spend a lot of energy, time, and effort in softening that market, right? So if they drive by and maybe their friends said, oh no, legends is great. You got to go try a workout there. They're going to go look online, look on social media, our videos, our images, they need to see themselves in the gym. So our big portion of our membership is soccer moms and business people. It's not meatheads that want to fight each other. It's, it's really? very much 95% of our market is um, people looking for an alternative way to work out, right? And that's how you feel comfortable at the big box gyms. They're not really into powerlifting and doing all of that kind of stuff. And they need a coach and men- mentor and a motivator. So that's really what we do. It's similar to having a sport that you're practicing for a sport is how we explain it a lot. But in our online presence, it's very important that we show that, right? That mm-hmm. Sally from uh, just dropped her kids off at school is coming and she's taking our nine o'clock class mm-hmm. online. We need to show that. And that's, those are the platforms that we use to kind of tell our story. Okay. Of those social channels, are you seeing being more effective than others these days? I mean, there's a lot of experiment. I mean, there's the standards and then I hear a lot experimenting with TikTok and some other ones. I mean, what's working for you guys? So we do them all. It's tricky the bigger you get, right? Because being able to control content when you have franchisees and we're in six different states now. And so there's a lot of rules that have to be followed. So we do all of the social media channels, but a lot of it is done by our headquarters. Some of it is done by the individual franchise owners with a very strong guided rule book as to what can and cannot be posted. (laughs) Branded representation and integrity is important. And the further you get away from home base, the harder it is to control. But we're a big fan of all social media outlets. There's a a place for all of them. Right now we're doubling down on um, YouTube and YouTube shorts. I think those are creating a lot of value. We're giving away a lot lot of free content, just like how to throw a proper punch and how to do this so that when people are at home, they realize, okay, why am I not doing it right? It looks so easy on TV. Then they come in because they want the instruction or want a better workout or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you see a lot of engagement online then? Are you going back and forth with them or is the goal just to give them enough of a flavor so that it gets them to come in? A little bit of both, right? Depending on the outlet. We, since we also have our product line, we do a lot of videos where it's just content related to our gloves or to our tech feature that's on the newest hoodie. But most of the marketing or content is centered around what is it like to be in our gym? What is a workout like? You know, what's the environment like? And so when people go, oh, I could totally do that, right? That, that's yeah. the idea. That's the goal is to get people to not be intimidated to come in. Right. I, I, was, I was just going to say to your point earlier, I think there's probably some perception you're trying to overcome there a little bit. When they hear boxing, they think they're going to get you know, punched yeah. in the face. So you're you need to educate them on this is probably a little bit different than what you're thinking. Yeah. And we like it actually. I mean, it's a hurdle, right? It's not that you still maintain the cool factor of I go to a boxing gym because we are teaching authentic USA boxing style and technique. We do care about you learning it properly while you're getting a really, really good workout. And I think what happens is ancillarily, we are able to sell a lot more t-shirts and hoodies because it's cool to tell your friend you're a boxer It's not necessarily nothing on Orange Theory, but you don't see people walking around with Orange Theory t-shirts because it's a workout. It's a great workout, but like the natural boxing tone gives an element of coolness, I think. And that's why our products. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were talking about a tribe earlier too. I'm sure that builds a sense of community for the ones that come in and, you know, like take these classes together and maybe they are even together. I'm sure that really builds some bonds there as well. 
It does. And the workout's hard, right? So when you're doing something hard together, there's a natural, and we're all about building each other up. One of our main core values is belong. We want everyone to feel like they belong. And so when you're doing something hard, you're doing it together, you're doing it in a group environment. Our coaches and our staff, it's huge incentive for them to meet and know the members, not just their name, but know something about them, get to know them. That's a big deal for us. Yeah. So how long have you been in business now? Like when did you open that first center? Was it, did you say 2008? Uh, 14 years ago for yeah. Legends, I've been in business for 20 plus years, but Legends is 14 years in March, yeah. last March. So coming up on 15. Yeah. Talk to us about some of the lessons that you learned along the way. You shared one a little bit already about when you're looking for the right type of franchisee, you're looking for a specific type of person. You've learned a lesson there. What other, give us some other things that you've learned that you kind of looking back, you were like, man, I wish I knew that back at the beginning. Yeah, I think we got distracted a little bit with the franchise growth and with trying to look like a franchise and going into some more expensive areas. I think with COVID kind of created a, a master reset button in the fitness industry. Mm -hmm. I believe the last stat that I read, it was 30 to 35% of all fitness businesses went out. That's how many people went out of business during COVID of the yeah. industry, which was significant. A lot of mom and pop places didn't make it. And so I think learning to be very lean, we had started getting heavy on build out and heavy on design and heavy on features and things that weren't needed to make our gym function well. So okay. we've scaled that back a little bit more. We don't need all the extras and let's okay. just make a nice looking building in a good area that people feel comfortable working out in. That's one thing I definitely, I think people overshoot sometimes in the franchise space, trying to make these really expensive McDonald's type build outs. So that's a change, again, being selective with who you have. And then, um, you know, just, I think I, now my mindset and just business in general is, is it recession proof? Like, is it Amazon proof? And is it recession proof? Those are the two things I make a decision when I'm either working on legends or scaling other entities that I have now. We're starting to franchise or starting to uh, other industries outside of fitness. Okay. Well, speaking of COVID there and being recession proof, how did you weather that storm and, and how, what have you learned from that that you're now applying going forward? So we, obviously we had to like go, whoa, okay, this is really happening, yeah. right? And in some areas of the country, it was a lot, a lot more strict than others. Uh, but overall, we had to shut all the doors for some two months, some for four months. Luckily, we immediately pivoted, did an online training program, which kept a decent amount of our membership base to where they could work out from home doing video boxing workouts. Uh, that was kind of a band-aid. I think people really come to us because they want the interaction with people. But mm -hmm. I ethically didn't feel good about charging a membership on a product we couldn't deliver. So at least we could deliver something to them where we could mm -hmm. still charge them for a membership. And then it really made it take a look. Uh, we luckily didn't lose any franchisees. Everyone weathered the storm. Our model was really based on keeping our operating costs low. You really have two employees that run our gym. And rather than having a ton of coaches, we keep our staff and our costs low that way. Our headquarters does all the marketing for our franchisees. So we bring in all the clients and, and all the first free workout people. Yeah. So that was nice. I think a lot of the gyms that didn't make it they're having to be the accountant and they're having to be the marketer and they're having to be the coach. And they're having to be the maintenance guy and they have to do it all. Right. And so mm -hmm. when you're, when you don't have a necessarily skill in those areas, something suffers. And so you're barely making it usually as it is. So I think we have an advantage that we provide a lot of that stuff and help this kickstart back right when people are ready to get back and working out. 
we were ready for them and pivoted really quickly. Yeah. Is there anything you're taking away from that that you're now going to prepare yourself for? Gosh, knock on wood here that nothing like that ever happens again. But, you know, there are other economic factors that can certainly cause people to maybe want to step away from gyms. But is there anything else you're doing different? Yeah, our future locations, we're going to go a little smaller. We've re-engineered yep. our layout. It, it, COVID forced us to look at everything. We know that our operating costs need to be lower, and we know that our build-out costs need to be lower. So I think we've come up with a solution. When the economy is good, it's easy to make money, right? Like It's when things like COVID or recessions happen, it exposes your weaknesses. And we really looked at it and go, do we really need to be right next to the movie theater or right next to the grocery store? No, we can be a block away and still do just fine. Do we need to have a big footprint or can we get away with one bathroom and so on and so forth? So we looked at all that and we were able to figure out a solution that allowed us to get in easier and operate cheaper so that in the event we have another economic condition that forces us to be really tight, we've already thought of it before it's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Way to take that lesson and apply it forward. What, uh, as you guys are, are continuing to expand and, and adding all of these franchise locations, what are you adding at the corporate level? Like you're growing a business and to your point, providing marketing services, I assume providing the technology and data and the back office systems and all of that. How are you growing that part of the business to be able to support your franchise expansion? So good question. We do a lot, like I mentioned earlier, of in-house marketing. So I felt it was extremely important that the lifeblood of your business is people coming in the doors. I wanted to control that. So I wanted to be able to hire people that can manage my success. And I'm not just a number in somebody else's marketing company. And it's been my experience that whoever complains the most gets the most of attention. So I wanted to eliminate that feature and just have marketing with us. In addition, we do ironic things like we put big events. We're doing a big black tie event this uh, in a couple of weeks for our franchise convention. And that creates a bunch of content for our tribe. We're putting on a private rock concert for all of our members in Utah and hosted dinner thing, which what boxing gym does that kind of stuff. That's the stuff I like to do is very ironic things. Uh, do a lot of content. So uh, videos, uh, pictures, we have a whole content department. So rather than just using your cell phone, like typical boxing gyms do or small fitness centers do, we don't want it to look too corporate, but we do want it to look very professional. And so Mm -hmm. having everything look really nice and well edited and done correctly. So we're constantly coming out with new, fresh, updated content. For our subscription stuff, we have a patch program where members can earn patches for doing certain things. And we've got item, we've got belts and we've got backpacks and we've got things where you can put your patches on and it uh, kind of represents how well you're doing and what you're achieving. So there's some gamification and recognition for doing those things. We do a seven and 90 program where we teach our franchisees how to reach out to new members seven times in 90 days. So there's a lot of awareness, acquisition, and retention support that we offer that I think separates us out and keeps us relevant and always thinking about how do we keep improving our product constantly in our, our headquarters great staff here that's very innovative and great thinkers. Yeah. What about the technology that you use to manage the memberships, you know, your CRM, your billing and payments platform? I mean, you needed this from the very beginning. Did you decide to build these things? Were there packages you could pull off the shelf and that's what you're using or what's been your strategy there? So we tried it both ways. With another business, we tried developing our own CRM and it was just so difficult and very expensive, time consuming, and just not a language I speak. And so we found it was way better to find a company that they don't have all the solutions, but they have a lot of them. And at this day and age, the technology is really good. 
And they've got yeah, a lot yeah. of other components with it. We use a system called Club Ready, and yeah. it's one of the bigger ones. And we found a lot of value with them. They're, uh, you know, every, everything's got an issue, but yeah. that's normal, <laughs> right? Can't fit everyone's problems, but for the most yeah, part, they yeah. do a great job. Yeah, awesome. Do you foresee yourself getting to a point where as, as this grows and you want to differentiate, right? Maybe going down a different path there, or you kind of feel like this is fit for purpose. It's, we're going to grow with this. From that standpoint, probably we're good with that. With some technology pieces that uh, we're coming out with some new technology related to boxing gloves. We are building software and some gamification stuff related to that. That's app-driven that we're pretty excited about. And Hopefully to have that announcement in the next six months, we're working heavily on this new technology. And that's going to, I think, be a little bit of a game changer. Yeah. I mean, when I get asked that question, that's usually the type of answer that I give, where if it's the kind of commodity services that don't really differentiate you as a brand, you know, finding a partner who does that all day, every day, you know, let them do that. But when it comes to the kind of things that are customer facing and set you apart and definitely differentiate you from the competition, those are the smart technologies to to invest in, right? Because that's one of the things that makes you you. So I think that's a good example right there that you just gave. Thanks. We have things like we have developed our own timer that matches what our workouts are. That was worth it. We couldn't find something that was really unique to us. The branding looks great. I, those little bells and whistles, I think, add polish to your brand and your company. I find value in that stuff. Yeah. What's next for you guys? I mean, obviously, you're going to continue to grow the franchises. Uh, any new products, any new offerings you guys are going to be coming out with soon? Yeah. Legends is in such a great, healthy spot. With um, We have enough open locations that we're profitable and healthy, and we don't, we're in a spot where we don't need to sell any new franchises, so we can be really selective with our process. And that's mm -hmm. been nice. We, we have a growth plan of two to three new locations a year, nothing too crazy. I like the slow, steady growth rather than trying to explode. During COVID, when we closed our gyms, we didn't know what the future looked like. I, I invested in a couple other things. I bought a barbershop and we opened a second location with that and that we're looking to franchise. And okay. I saw a lot of similar things in the barber industry as in the boxing industry that it's very skilled people that need business support. And so that's turned out to be a really great model. And it's not exactly subscription-based, but what I liked about it is when you find your barber, you don't really switch your barber. It's kind of like your dentist. It's a premium product. It's more expensive than dropping into sports clips or great clips. So you develop a relationship with your barber and you stay with them. And so I really like that. Again, it's an annuity type thing. Our retention is astronomical. We're at about 72% retention on clients with barbers. So it was amazing to see those numbers. And then we're about to launch a new product in November, December, I'm hoping it's membership driven, a flat monthly rate, and you come and use the service once a month or once a week. And we're adding wellness features to it. So it'll be chiropractic, red light therapy, cryotherapy, and massage therapy all for one price. And so you're getting an adjustment, but you're also treating some of the problems with these other modalities. We're doing it more of a medical type setting. So it, it'll be very high-end looking. And we're pretty excited about it. that one. I feel like is going to be a whole uh, completely different side of the market that we're going after, but I think it's going to do really well. Well, you're touching it right there. I think one of the differentiators, because those, those exist, right? Maybe not all together necessarily, but those types of facilities exist, but they're typically transactional. Right. You come in, you use it, you pay, you go. So what about that? Do you think the market is going to be receptive to paying one price for all of those things? I mean, what's led you to believe that? Is that just your experience or have you been testing this or what do you think? There's a franchise that kind of trailblazed this, and I thought it was brilliant. They're called The Joint. 
And they have 800 locations across the country. And they solved a lot of things that I had the suspicion of, right? When I would go to a chiropractor, you know, I've been boxing my whole life and comes with injuries and neck pain and stuff. And so I'd go for an adjustment and it didn't matter what x-ray I was getting. And chiropractors are probably going to hate me for this, but this is my personal (laughs) opinion. Make sure I I get that out there. It didn't seem to matter what type of x-ray I got or exam I got. They adjusted me the exact same way every single time. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, why am I paying $300 for an x-ray and I have to schedule an appointment and go through this whole long process? And it felt like the actual proceed, uh, the thing they do, whatever it's called, seemed like it lasted three minutes. So the joint said, you know what? All right, this is how we're going to do it. So you pop in, you get an adjustment and you leave. And I was like, wow, that's great. I can fit that in my schedule. And they made it pretty affordable, but they're just doing that adjustment. So then you go and because of sports and injuries, I found cryotherapy to be super helpful and red light therapy to be super helpful. So to me, it sounded like a perfect marriage. There's another franchise that exploded called Restore. They're out of Austin, Texas. And I believe there are close to 200 locations now. And they've got a great business but they only focus on red light therapy, cryotherapy, and they do like IVs. So I would find myself going to the chiropractor, then going to restore to do all that stuff. And I was like, why don't you guys have a chiropractor in your office? And so anyway, the idea was born kind of out of that and using what I've learned in the gym business with memberships being a very, very scalable thing and creating a baseline and subscriptions. I felt like the marriage between those two and having a membership model would be easier for the consumer creates loyalty on a system they're already going to be loyal on. So it's just Mm -hmm. that renewable income and build that base. And then I took my market from boxing boutique fitness, which is a kind of a a very niche market to now males and females over 30 years old is pretty much what our market looks like. So it's, it's grown significantly. So I'm pretty excited about it. If you can't tell. Yeah, absolutely. You should be. That sounds like a pretty awesome idea. Are you just starting with one location there or you got plans to put it in several? Yeah, so the we'll start with one location. That my end goal with this giant brands company is because we I think we understand franchising really well. We've had success in it. We've been doing it for quite a while now. Is to be able to when a franchisee is coming to look at our offerings that they would have, they could choose between any of the three things: the barbershop, the gym, and the chiropractor clinic, or they could buy one of each. A lot of franchise owners buy three packs, is what they're called. That's the industry term. So where okay. they'll buy territory. I want to be able to make it available that in the same exact building, I could put all three locations. So they'd be all okay. side by side and it'd be complimentary. Yeah. And so uh, I think it makes it more attractive. It, it seems to be kind of the trend that the franchise industry is going is people are offering multiple things that complement each other. That makes sense. I mean, there's got to be some efficiencies there in running the three together, especially in one location, right? Right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Rob, I've loved hearing about your business today and congratulations on all the growth and not just growth, but responsible growth. You know, you're not out there trying to sell a thousand you know, new, new yeah, locations no. next week. So if any of the listeners today, you know, have any questions, want to learn more, maybe something we talked about today, where can they go? How can they get in contact? Most of the information is either on legendsboxing.com or I make announcements at, at Rob Legends Boxing founder on Instagram. The information kind of trickles out through press releases and stuff like that. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks again for coming on today and sharing your story, sharing the background of what you've learned along the way. I really appreciate the time and best of luck moving forward. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Subscription Scale, sponsored by Rebar Technology. If something we said today resonated with you, please subscribe, rate, and download our podcast and share this episode with your network.